Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, doctor. Hello, sir. What can I do for you today? Well, I've come to you today with a terrible case of an illness so heinous, so malevolent that I barely want to speak its name. Surely not. Yes, I'm suffering with tonitis. Tonitis, the disease so bad that it kills all of your guitar tone. All of my guitar tone, sir, is gone. Well, what you need to do is upgrade your pedal board and make your tone that bit better. But, Doctor, how on earth will I afford such a thing? Well, from the 1st of October to the 16th of November, you can buy two boss pedals and get the third for free. For completely free? That's correct. Sacribler! Go to www.boss3for2.com, that's the number three and the number two and the word four, to check out pedal combinations and all of the terms and conditions. And then go to any Boss UK dealer to get the promotion. This is magnificent, sir. I will go home right now and order some pedals. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joining Podcast! Me, joining me this evening is Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. In the house! Good. I like these little... I like it. would like it if there was a catchphrase for everyone. And then as I introduce you, you do the catchphrase for that the week. The catchphrase <laughs> being Matt says hello, I say hello, and Joe says in the house. Yeah. I said in the house. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think it's you know, something we could work on. If listeners have maybe got some ideas, you know... Get on the Facebook group. Let us know what those catchphrases should be. Fax them um, in. Meet us on the Facebook. Meet us on the Facebook. How's everyone doing? Good, thank you. I'm good. Just chipper. Just I'm still very drenched. It's it's. We're recording this on Monday night. And, Monday uh, night. It is absolutely tipping down outside. So, it's really um, annoying because it was when I left the house this morning, um, like not raining, not like sunny, but not raining. Yeah. Really? By the time I got to work, yeah, I leave. I leave my house a lot earlier than you leave oh, your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was by the time I got to work, I was soaked through, and then it didn't rain throughout the entire day, and started maybe ten minutes before I had to leave the shop, and now I'm drenched again. What time do you get to work in the morning? I get to work just before eight thirty. Oh man, 
I um sometimes earlier. I leave my house at around eight thirty, which is bad because it takes fifty minutes for me to, to work. <laughs> That's the uh, it's the difference between sales and marketing. Well, no, no, it's fine. I am supposed to be someone there who's time. good at their job and Joe, someone who does Thank work you. and is Joe Branton. <laughs> <laughs> How's things at your end, Matt? How's London? Yeah, good. I actually went to see Joe Branton at a gig yeah, in London. Crazy. I went to a gig. I was uh, I was really drunk before I played as well. Yeah, it was probably all that rum. Actually, I think I only saw you have one drink, but yeah. No, I had uh, it was no. very, very good, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thoroughly enjoyed Joe's bass sound. Because he was using an orange Obi-Wan. And it can sounded you remember amazing. how any of the songs go? Uh, no, although <laughs> I did take a video, and then it's a slow-mo video, and Joe's face is hilarious. Amazing. So maybe I'll post that on the, uh, I, I on the group. I do have the greatest bass face. you got to put that in there. There was... Um, there was a photographer there actually there were a couple of guys taking photos but there's one guy who um, also writes for a webzine called Fecking Bahamas and uh, he's called what? Fecking Bahamas makes sense it's, it's just like a math yeah. webzine but he's started coming to all the polymath shows going in like you know at the front with the camera and not taking proper pictures of everything but just taking pictures of my base face up as close as <laughs> possible and then he uploads the new Base face pictures Brand- for that gig. Branton's base face. Yeah. If uh, if you've contracted Branton's base <laughs> face, please do contact your <laughs> local doctor. Um, so where was the gig? Uh, I was playing the Islington okay. in Islington, next to the Islington Academy. Not to be confused with the Islington Academy. It is actually just a the Islington nearest tube station. Um, I think it's the. Uh, I think it's um, Islington. No, it's Highbury and Islington. No, no, it's, Angel. no, it's, no it's Angel. It's Angel. Well. <laughs> yeah. It is actually Angel. Yeah, it was good. I was uh, I was playing my Obi Wan five hundred, um, and I was going through. Someone had brought along. Well, the, the bass player from Iran Iran had brought an uh, an Ampeg eight ten Heritage, one of the Heritage okay. 810s, which are my favourite series of Ampegs. Yeah. So I was really happy to be going through that. I would have loved it if they'd have turned up around the time that we were supposed to sound check, so that <laughs> I could have had any idea where, what what I was going to sound like at the gig but it was great at least the bass amp turned up so that was good well Jay and I had a similar experience this week in that we did a gig together oh, you did yeah of course Jay moonlit in your band he did he I did. did I mean Be- it, barely. there's no such moonlighting really it's kind of a revolving door of second guitarists and, and drummers and everyone but me basically is it because the... you're really horrendous to work with people just leave it's people... the, Mark, the Mark Random jam band yeah oh, right. basically. <laughs> um, basically so um, to get it oh, he's basically unstoppable. he's unstoppable um, yeah it was good we did a gig in Brighton and um, loads of people turned up and we played some punk and stuff but similarly um, a band who said they were going to bring along a second cab did not turn up during sound checks um, and but someone had a twin um, so Jay got to experience two completely different guitar rigs um, through the course of the evening I did what, what did you use in sound check you used the I twin used, uh, I used t- mojo mojo into a twin which sounded really really it good it did sound really good and then I broke a string yep um, and <laughs> didn't have any spares with me did so, you bring a backup guitar um, I did but also I just uh, went home and bought some more strings I was expecting you to say no as your uh, punk band I didn't bring a spare guitar Tim who's oh, the lead guitarist brought a spare guitar do you know I bring three basses to every gig that's when ridiculous. have you ever snapped a string no, 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 because I have one in E standard, one in D standard, and then a spare. Why don't you just get a Digitech drop? Oh, I, I did, but then my guitarist nicked it because it sounded better on guitar. Than Why I don't was. you just yeah, get a Digitech, Digitech drop, drop. Oh, yeah, or a yeah. Morpheus drop tune? 
Yeah, the Morpheus drop tunes are good, actually. Oh, and you're playing bass, cheap. just like, just play, play lower. Like, well, I've got, yeah, I need lower, that's the point, I need D. Well, okay, well, just play everything else higher. Start lower, work up. Yeah, I could just get a hip shot and then learn to adjust my hand shapes, shapes I guess. Yeah. Rather than bringing two bases. But then I don't get to show off my awesome bass collection. I mean, two, I, I understand. You've, you've got Three. a bass collection. Because well, there's a spare, because you can't put the D standard in E standard because of the way it's set up, and vice versa. But the, what, what's the other one in? The other one's e, in a spare. E flat? No. The, just in well, case. The other one's just like, just a cheap like jazz bass that can right. do any tuning. Okay. With EMGs in it. Your mental. Matt sold it to me. Oh, I remember that bass. Yeah, I remember that yeah, bass. I remember that bass. It's great. Great bass. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Exactly. That's yeah. all right. So what, what rig did you actually use for the gig? I used a uh, Boogie Mini Rec. What? I used a Boogie Mini Rec. Why didn't you use your amp? I, I didn't want to carry it. <laughs> I mean, it, a bass or from one. Or get a taxi. A bass from 135 is like I, the heaviest thing. Also, I have lent that to a mate, so I couldn't use that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it so didn't get snapped in half. Supersonic. Uh, that, oh. I told you, did I not tell you about that? That snapped. That that doesn't exist anymore. I oh. lent it to a mate. What I, about you I, on Vox? I lent, the, I lent the, the Supersonic to a mate, and when he couriered it back to me, the courier dropped it, and it got broke in half. Uh, I could have used the Vox, but I didn't have, A, I didn't have time to go home after work before going to the gig. B, I didn't really want to pay for a taxi. And C, I live on the second floor and it's really heavy. Uh, I should have done that. I should have played the Vox, but I, I didn't. So we ended up using a mini rec for a Marshall 212 yeah. with a bit of Mojo Mojo in the front. Yep. I probably I think the twin probably sounded better. Yeah, I think so too. I think, yeah, it showed off like what the Mojo Mojo is all about really. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, it sounded great. It sounded really good. Uh, who would have thought a twin with a drive pedal? Yeah, punk, I mean, you yeah. know, it, um, it, it sounded great, and I I really enjoyed playing. Um, and by the time we got to, um, you know, by the time because all the songs that Mark writes are verse chorus, the same verse chorus. Well, do you remember when sometimes you chorus two, verse chorus verse? You two were sitting in here. You two playing, were sitting in here. Yeah, what, you two. The Edge yeah. and Bono. Edge and Bono in were in here. <laughs> yeah, the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> No, you, you, Mark, and Jay were sitting in here learning the songs. Wait, and who I, are you talking to? Me, Mark, and Jay? No, I... You, Jay and Mark... Yes. You, were in here. Mark, and Jay. Yeah. You... Yes. Mark and Jay were in here <laughs> learning all the Random Heroes songs. Yes. And I picked up a bass and worked them out at the same Yeah, that time. was actually really, like... Uh, Inconvenient because I was listening to you not quite playing what we were playing. Yeah, sorry. About that. Uh, it doesn't matter. But anyway, because the songs <laughs> are either all verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or chorus, verse, chorus, verse. Like by the time I'd finished the first block, I was fine. I like I probably messed up a couple. I mean, I only had one practice. But by the time I got through the first block, by the time I'd reached the halfway mark, it was plain sailing. You know, because it's like how you just it's like repeat how, all of those songs again, basically. Yeah, all it's the like songs how the you know how when you run a two hundred meters. It's faster than running a hundred. Like, no, that's not true. Two hundred meters. Two, you can't you run, run a two hundred meter faster than you can run a one hundred. If you run two hundred meters, just not possible. Two hundred meters is, is an average. Two hundred meters is 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 faster than it has a faster average speed than a hundred meters. Okay, like, they they get up to a a faster speed because they don't. Spend so much that, time accelerating. Yeah, yeah, they've just got the top. So, like, like I can't remember the exact figures, but like, 
the world record for 100 meters is like nine know, nine, nine seconds or something and the, the world record for 200 meters is like 17 seconds yeah or something. anyway the point is and now i've explained all that i kind of regret going into it the point is you're more than the sum of your parts cheers <laughs> i have no idea what that was about <laughs> I do think we should have a new segment in this podcast called Jay's Analogies. Jay's, where we just, every week, something's happened and Jay just makes up an analogy about it. Granted, that wasn't my finest moment. <laughs> oh, it was. I might actually just put the circus music underneath that <laughs> as yours. Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, so the gig was good. Uh, I didn't break any strings. The other guitarist didn't break any strings. And Jay, I think, broke three strings. Just two. Just two. Yeah. I, I tell you what, okay, and this is this is probably a point. You know how for the last, I don't know. Oh, so the thing that I realised on that day was I reckon that's only the second time I've played guitar. I played like a gig playing guitar in probably eight years. Yeah. Because everything else, because I've only ever played bass, yeah. really, in the last sort of 10 years. And um, even though you're kind of, you're more a guitarist than a bass player. Oh, well, I prefer playing guitar, but I'm definitely a better bass player than I am guitar. Well, I'm definitely a less worse bassist than I am guitarist. Um, but uh, I've always championed the um, uh, Ernie Ball coated slinkies, and I, they just broke. They just broke really quickly. Like, I, I changed think, the strings. I think that might speak more to your abilities than to Maybe. the strings. Don't they say Ernie Ball? They are absolutely the, the cornerstone of what I, good strings I, I mean, be. maybe it's just that I'm club-fisted now. I mean, yes. <laughs> but I didn't break any strings on the spare guitar. You didn't, but that also, I believe, had Ernie Ball... Uh, oh, okay. I don't know whether they were coated, but maybe I, I was. Something. I was being more careful because I um, I had already cut my hand open and bled all over my guitar, and I was worried about doing it on somebody else's. Yeah, so, I uh, I saw something that would be perfect for you and your club handedness. Was it a pair uh, of guitar like, mittens? <laughs> no, it's a, a plectrum PlayStation company. controller. <laughs> it was a, a plectrum um, uh, made by a plectrum company called something along the lines of I think it's Dragon Heart. And okay. um, they do, they do one which I, I think is called the Purple Heart, but don't quote me on it. Which is uh, Purple Heart. Yeah, Joe Branton. Yeah, he said Purple Heart. Yeah, it's uh, it's the size of a rock. You hold it with your what whole size? hand. What? Size? what? <laughs> yeah, you hold it with your whole hand, but it goes into a point, so it still comes out <laughs> into a plectrum point, but it's. It's a completely circular thing. I don't, I don't know how to de describe this via ter audio. Terrible idea. But I yeah, feel it's it's the size of a rock with a point on the end, and so you pick using your <laughs> using your you, using your wrist. You do not want to see the motion that Joe Brandon just did. I'm so we were talking about videoing the podcast earlier, yeah. and how that might be a thing. Maybe we are going to do it next year. Maybe no. Um, and no. now I'm really having second thoughts after that. Wildly inappropriate hand gesture, it, but it would have made it so it much looks easier like, so to wait, explain. We're, we're, you play guitar essentially holding an ocarina. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. But I thought it'd be perfect for you. I'm going to look Why at this. I mean, I can. I don't understand. No, Why don't you that, just go to like 46 mil nylons. You know, they're they're so flimsy. There's no way you could hit a string hard enough with such a thin I would piece of plastic. I was still definitely brand. Well, I they go, they using can do those, the 38s. Um, you can get the 38s. I started using those felt plectrums <laughs> on my bass. How long did the the spectrum last? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it split in half after you know. I don't know. I got at least five 
minutes or so out of it. And it was, it's, <laughs> Money well spent. It seems everything's gone a bit psychedelic this evening. Like we're talking about plectrums made out of rock and running the two hundred meters faster than you can well, run the hundred meters. I think it's made out of dragon heart. Okay, fine. That's not a real thing, Joe. Uh, Skyrim. Talking about psychedelic evenings. Um, you spent some time with Sir Stuart of Ham. Yeah, I know. Uh, basically, yeah, Stu Ham came, brought a lot of acid, and uh, <laughs> it was really psychedelic. Just no. for the record, Stu Ham did not bring a load of acid, nor does the Guitar Nerds podcast encourage the use of drugs in any way. Only Joe Branton does. Exactly. Uh, but yes, the um, yeah, Stu Ham came down, did, uh, um, did an in-store clinic, at, uh, at my shop okay. it was really um, it was great actually it was the most packed I think maybe I've ever seen an event I'm very very surprised by that because yeah. I would have thought that most people don't know who he is well exactly and for people who don't know who he is who is Stu Ham? Uh, Stu Ham is the uh, the bass player of or you know sometimes bass player of um, Joe Satriani and Steve Vai uh, he's also the first bass player to ever have a Fender signature model bass. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. <clears throat> I mean, no, I did we have this conversation recently? Didn't I say, what about John Entwistle? Uh, yeah, but it was, yeah, we did. And yes. he never yeah, had a Fender signature. It wasn't a signature. Yeah, it was, was, yeah. But he did help design it, but it was probably before they were calling it yeah. signature models. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not only that, but Stu Ham had Fender make him a signature bass. Bear in mind everything that Fender stand for. Yeah. He had them put two jazz pickups and a P bass pickup yeah. in it. It was active. The second incarnation of that model was double active and short scale, which he explained for me because I went for. What do you mean double active? Uh, as in eighteen volt, okay, nine. Um, and um, it went short scale for a while, which he explained to me when we went for a drinks and a curry and a lot of shots. That man can <laughs> really drink and insists on having a shot with every beer. But anyway, he went short scale. <laughs> he he went short scale because he'd put on so much weight. At that time in his career, what? so he changed to short scale because he couldn't reach. <laughs> That's not true. That is what he said. That's not that true. That is what he said. He said he put on a lot of weight, so he went short scale. This is definitely not anything he's ever gone on record saying. No, probably not on record. <laughs> I'm giving you insights. This is me and Stu Ham drunk out of our minds on tequila at a, at a curry house in Brighton. But uh, wow! So he chubbed up and he couldn't reach the. Uh, couldn't reach the low F or something. Yeah, yeah. but now he's uh, now he's he had a, a time endorsed at Washburn and he's now endorsed by Warwick, where he'd just come from, where he'd been at a, a Warwick um, meeting. I, I, I assume it's like. Had he been AA. to the? the <laughs> but, <laughs> Hi, my name's Stu, and I've got a problem with Warwicks. Yeah. Um, uh, who doesn't? Um, uh, but yes, he'd been there with the uh, Juan Alderet, <laughs> and they'd, they'd they'd hooked up when they were there. Wait, does he great. play Warwick? Uh, Juan Aldrete is about to get his first Warwick signature. Yeah, okay. They were both at the same thing. Weird. Uh, Juan actually showed me a picture of his. His is basically, uh, his is um, going to be basically a Fender Jazz bass made by Warwick, but with two massive EBO style humbuckers, actually Dark Star humbuckers. Really? Oh, that's in interesting. The brewery. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, not the brewery. Oh. Um, but yeah, Stu Ham turned up with this amazing toxic green um <sighs> Uh, it's my favourite colour. Uh, this this sort of matte toxic green. Um, uh, uh, I think it was a streamer. It was a five string streamer body, but with four. W- but was four it the string. contoury one, or was it the one with the big upper? The streamer. Horn? So uh, the, the that's uh, the contoury one. Yeah, isn't it? the contoury one. So it's the one that sort of curves for gentlemen with a slight. 
punch. Yes. Yes. Which now all makes sense because of the previous story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was. It what was, did he talk about? <clears throat> um, <laughs> how to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Diamond Dallas Page just started doing his own yoga. He yeah. looks a bit like Diamond Dallas Page, actually. Yeah, he does. Uh, well, he's, he spoke about lots of things. He spoke about how um, he was at a session the other week, drunk out of his mind, and kept playing things uh, and uh, uh, to uh, a, a tone out. Okay. No, not really. Uh, he, he didn't tell me that. Um, but no, he was. Um, uh, he just told us stories about sort of like how what bass was and really he spoke a lot about like Jacko and how Jacko Pastorius changed um, the the way people viewed the bass and how because I guess Stu Ham's known for being a solo bass player and solo bass is you know a relatively recent yeah invention and, and Stu Ham's one of the pioneers of that so he was talking about a lot how players brought that around and how he was there for the start of that and then sort of some of his techniques and writing style, because, of course, he, he does a lot of uh, finger tapping. Of course. And, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and, and yeah, he spoke a lot about that and the amps he used, because it, it was a heart key event. I was so. going to say, is he still playing heart key? That's right, yeah. And, and actually, he plays the heart key XL cabs. Okay. Which are their... Their, their budget range. Yeah, they're not... The um, they're not the, I mean, they're not the absolute budget, are they? They're kind of like... No. Halfway up. So they're the ones that are half paper, half aluminium. No. Um, oh, really? No, that's... Uh, oh, maybe you are right. What are the, I thought high drive were half and half. No, and they are XL the ones with neodymium drivers. Right. XL, I believe, are the ones that are paper and... and I mean, you're the one that j- literally just went f- to an event with him. So yeah. you should probably know. But yeah, they were always the ones that had paper and aluminium. And he spoke about uh, how he doesn't like using effects. Okay. He doesn't even use compression. I mean, who should, who does? If does you, he play with the plectrum? If you finger tap, no, he doesn't. If does I mean, think, if you finger tap, yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, he should definitely have used the compressor. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting, it was it was louder on his high end. I was like, how can you not hear that? But I mean, he was an amazing player and a, and a really top dude. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was cool to get an insight into the, because he's had so many signature models as well. He yeah. had the Urge. The Urge 1, the Urge 2, yeah. and then he had the, the Washburn and the Warwick. And the the one he brought was a prototype, and it's it's just going through its second incarnation okay. now. So uh, it was really interesting to talk about, about how he goes about designing instruments as well. Interesting to see Warwick taking on new indoorsies and looks, new signature yeah, models and stuff. So. looks like they're sort of jumping back on it. That's good. That is very good because they've been in, certainly in this country. They've kind of been out of the frame for yeah, they've been maybe four, or five years, something like yeah, that. Five, yeah, six absolutely. years. Um, so yeah, cool that they're doing new stuff. Talking of new stuff, should we do some news? News. First up, a uh, massive bit of news. Brand new orange product. Matt Knight. Want to fill us in? Oh no! Yeah, I know what this is. Did you just say my name, or did Joe talk over it? He always. So, tell us what we know. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us what, tell us what you know about the Orange Micro Dark. Oh, yeah. Um, the amp that I think everyone's probably been asking them to make for ages. Um, basically, a Micro Terror, but with all the Dark Terror gubbins inside. But amazingly, not just that. Um, it's got the cab sim out for, for headphones. So when you're hearing it through headphones, you're getting the proper cab sim, which I think I remember hearing is the same simulator as the pedal they've just bought out as well the Bangita uh, the Bax Bangita 
Yes. Um, alongside of that, you've got the shape control, which is the same thing they've got on the little gym root head, um, and obviously the drive, one of the drive channels on the um, the dual dark, um, and an effects loop. Because I suppose the thing is, if you're using something with so much gain, uh, running your delay pedals or whatever into the front is going to sound a bit messy. So um, yeah, they've added an effects loop as well. And for the money, uh, I think they're going to be 129 pounds. I think everyone is going to end up having one. Because, what a great little recording tool. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because you can, I think you can just go um, straight at the headphones into a mixing desk. Um, I don't think you have to plug in. Uh, I might be wrong. But I don't think you have to plug in headphones no, because of the. No, cab you're right. Yeah, because of the cab sim, you can just use it straight into a desk for recording. So I think that's going to sound. That's going to be amazing for recording. Because yeah, you could go straight into an interface. So for metal stuff, it's going to be amazing. But you know, I suppose it doesn't just do some of the super high gain. You can clean it up a little bit as well. So um, yeah, I think I want one. I did listen to some of the demos, and it is very, very convincing. Like it'll do the proper heavy orange dark sound, but then also like it will scale back a bit and do some some <laughs> yeah. clean stuff. So. And the thing is, through a 4x12, they just sound absolutely massive. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's always the test of those little heads, isn't it? It's like, can you plug it into a 412 and does it still sound good? I think, they, I th I think they sound better than the Microterras. Yeah, the video yeah. was really impressive. Have you guys actually tried one yet? No, they, they've, not, they've not dropped yet. Okay. I've only, um, I've only seen the demo one that was bought in, um, and I've heard a little bit of it, but I haven't actually had a chance to play through it. So I was on holiday when uh, Orange came around and showed us, okay. um, so I couldn't see it. But um, from what I've heard, it's very good. Yes, I, uh, I like the, the demo stuff a lot. I thought it sounded <coughs> very, very impressive. Um, some new pedal news. TC Electronic have announced the Sentry Noise Gate. Um, have either of you two done any uh, done any reading on this? Um, I I have. Of course he has. Of course I have. I did a bit of reading on it, and it sounded quite interesting. I mean, I... how interesting can a noise gate be? It's got an effects loop. Thought Very was... interesting. Go on then. Go on then, Matt. Convince me about why I should care about this. So, it's got tone print, which I thought that's a bit weird. Why would you have tone print on a noise gate? But because of the way their noise gate works i think it's taken out of one of their rack units like they did with the compressor so it's a multi-band noise gate you can plug it in via pc and then you can edit all the frequencies so if you effectively you put it at the end of your chain turn it on and then you can use the tone print editor in real time till you edit out the frequencies that are giving you any noise and then save it as a tone print so you always know that when you plug it into your rig you don't have to adjust anything you basically put it in tone print and it will do exactly what it needs to do for your rig. That is actually Mad Night, everybody. Yeah, Mad Night, ladies and gentlemen. That is actually really useful, though. It is really useful. Why, why is it useful? So, if you've got within your pedal board, let's say right. that um, something is creating a particular frequency, frequency. Is it making that frequency whilst you're playing? Yes, maybe. No, well, no. It might be. So it's only when you're not playing. But some people, and I'm playing devil's advocate here because that's not really what we do. But some people do like you know like metal bands and stuff have that bit where they like I don't know they'll stop and then they'll go like it's for that it's because they want the that zoom, zoom. it's because they want like, the noise gate to to really cut out as soon as they're not playing rather than it being sort of like a, a buzz frequency but or not yeah because you know we were talking about the the hum debugger from electroharmonics last yeah. week weren't we this is effectively like a nine volt version that will fit on your pedal board easier that you can tailor to your specific pedal board rather than just turning it on and hope that it works. Yeah. Like, because yeah. all different pedals will give out, you know, different 
frequencies and then the end result is going to is going to be different but also because of the effects loop um you can tailor it for just a specific drive pedal or a specific part of your rig as well it so. um i'd think it's just tc electronic obviously now that there's not many pedals that they haven't made do you know what i mean they're kind of covering most stuff so mm. it's going to be interesting now to see where they fill out the rest of the range if they're going to keep producing tone print or do they just like take it somewhere else entirely do they do like a multi-effects or or you know um, something else something else completely different I'd really like them to, to do to sort of start getting a little bit more adventurous a bit weird well yeah I mean the thing is is that everything they've done so far has been has been great don't get me wrong really yeah. really good you know I, as I say, I'm never gonna ever shut up about the Mojo Mojo. I think it's one of the best pedals ever made. Yeah. Um, you know, the flashback is great. The alter ego is great. And then they sort of expanded those to to sort of go up against the DL4, I guess, to a certain degree. And it, it seems like what they've done to a certain degree recently is, and maybe this sounds like criticism, it's not meant to be a criticism, but they, they've played it very safe. And yes. they've just sort of gone, okay, we can probably do what this other company are doing a little bit better. Let's make a tuner. Well, yeah, let's absolutely. make three different tuners. Yeah, but what let's they did is a they, small looper. Yeah, and th- what they've done is they've everything they've done has been very good, but they've never surprised anybody. Not no. really, you know. I think the Ditto did, but, uh, yeah. but outside of that, I think. Yeah, back in the yeah, day, the, the original Ditto was. I suppose it was. Yeah, and it was under a hundred quid. That's fair. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. But, they but did, other than that, I agree but, with you. You know, it's not like they've gone. It's not like they've done what I don't know. Electroharmonics have done, for example, which is just like how are they? How do they keep coming up with all of this stuff? Yeah. You know, I I love TC Electronic. I think they are such a good company. Like you know, they've got the they've got the heritage behind them. You know, they've they're a proper proper guitar like proper rock and roll company and i yeah. think it's it, i think it's taken them a little bit of time to get to the point where people start actually believing that they are like a if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rock and roll company. They're not just like a a uh, like a pro audio yeah. or a, like a studio company. They are they are like rock and roll people making pedals for bands. Yes. And um and I I just think it would be really cool if they did something a little bit out there because I think if they give themselves a little bit of artistic because there's obviously a lot of smart people working for that company and I think if they gave themselves the artistic license to do something a little bit different they could come up with some absolutely incredible results do you know what I think they'll go next bass stuff because they don't do yeah, anything bass specific at the yeah, moment yeah they? they do a lot of amps I just love their Scandinavian demos yeah yeah. the, the guys are so I was watching the one for the um, the hyper Hypergravity. Hypergravity, yeah. And it's just great. It's just so calming. I've never been so calmed watching a video as this guy. You know, we wanted to make this pedal so uh, people could use it and compression would work. You know. It's great. (laughs) I felt just really chilled out watching this guy talk to me about multi band compression. Good. Well, you know. Are you going to get one of those? Uh, no, I'm happy with the CS3. It doesn't. I would only use. I don't like multi-band compression. I like vintage compression when it over squashes stuff a little bit. So I right. don't think I'd want. Isn't that exactly like. what you were criticising people for using that noise gate for? Uh, not quite. No, the noise gate takes any soul out of what you play, which is what metal players want. They just want stuff to sound like MIDI. Isn't is that? Isn't that's kind of what compression does? No, not if you <laughs> not if you use an old rubbish one. What if you use a plectrum? CS3 is not a rubbish compressor. It's really <laughs> good. But but it, it does I know a very, what you mean. very simple n- thing. It's not multi-band compression, yeah, basically. exactly. And, and that sort of compression is great. Yeah. Like that, the MXR Dynacomp, those sort of sounds, those are the... That's that's like a cool compressed sound. Yeah. Whereas I think there's a difference between using a compressor for vibe, which is what I use it for, yeah. and using a, compress, a compressor to even out your... Yes. Notes, which is what a multi-band compressor yes. is for. Right, yeah. okay. More new pedal news. Uh, Red Witch pedals have unveiled the Zeus Bass Fuzz. Um, Joe Branton, you've uh, been doing a bit of research on this one. Yes, yes, I certainly have. Um, yeah, the it's uh, a completely wicked pedal. It's um, kind of following the the trend of bass effect pedals that, for the first time, I think, in the last few years, have um, included mix functions, wet yep. to, to uh, dry mix uh, functions on the pedal itself, um, which is just so necessary uh, for for bass. I mean, I think half half the reason a lot of players that that favour things like the big muff as a fuzz pedal um, for bass would run like a, um, a an ABY pedal as well, so that they can get their clean signal going out through stuff. And I think a lot of bass players with drive want a clean amp and a drive amp so that it carries through. And you know, as with quite a few things, the uh, the Redwich. Uh, Zeus bass fuzz uh, does that, but it does a whole lot more. It's kind of it's based on um, the the fuzz god too. Do you remember that pedal, Matt? Yeah, I, in fact, the Red Witch was one of the first pedals I ever bought. Um, really? I had a phaser from theirs, and that was really good. Yeah, they 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 brought out the the fuzz god uh, uh, ten years ago, and um, and you know it was a massively successful boutique fuzz pedal. It sounded great. Bass players loved the sound of it, but 
it didn't as with a lot of guitar fuzzes it just didn't deal with our low end quite so well so finally after you know lots of bass players i guess asking for one red witch have made this which is essentially that pedal with an extended range but they've also added uh, an octave control onto it also with a mix function so you have an optional you've got a second um, foot switch for the octave so you've got octave and fuzz in one pedal both with mix controls to your clean and then you've got like an you know sort of an amount function for the octave and for the uh, um, uh, for the, for the fuzz itself sort of gain and, uh, and the, the other one's called sputter okay which which sounds to me like it should be like a compression like a like so, what you get on the um, the Zvex fuzz face so I actually had a listen to the demo on this and what the sputter does is it kind of just glitches things up a little bit so you get that kind of like oh yeah so just like the Zvex fuzz face basically like. yeah yeah um I really like the sound of this pedal actually um I hadn't read the news story but I did have a quick listen to the video um and if you want like kind of glitchy um almost like you know how like Jack White uses a fuzz like yeah, just like exa- squealing exactly and stuff that like that. Sort of thing. and that's exactly what the fat fuzz face offers from Zvex yeah. but it's even the fat fuzz face isn't really designed for bass and no. it doesn't it, it, it comes very very close but there are some frequencies it just squashes a little bit too much this offers a perfect alternative to that and that sort of Jack white fuzz sound yeah. I think is such a desirable fuzz tone for bass it, players it's not weird though that there's no volume control on the front you have to like open it underneath to get the, the, the I think the overall volume control is on like a trim pot inside yeah but I think it's the sort of thing you'd tailor early on I don't think the volume control on any of my pedals is something that I use a lot. You just kind of get it set up and then leave it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was what, just thinking if you need to adjust it in a hurry. Yeah, it's true. That is true. That is... A, the sh- I mean, I'll accept that shortcoming for a pedal that sounds incredible. But yeah, I agree. It, you know, having a fifth knob on the front probably wouldn't have hurt. And it's called Zeus. Yeah. Zeus, isn't it? It's the four-knobbed Zeus. Indeed, the four-knobbed Zeus. What a terrifying thought. Man, I... <laughs> I've, I've got a question for you. Yes. Who is your favourite guitarist in Metallica that isn't James Hetfield? Why well, it'd be Kirk Hammett. How much uh, would you like to sound like Kirk Hammett? Uh, it is my favourite tone since he uses an amazing Les Paul. Okay. Um, Does he actually, is he still using that? Yeah, he do, he does use it live. Right, good, good. Well, two million dollar guitar. Two million dollar guitar live. live. Probably well, more than that, actually. Here's a pedal that black and put a picture of a spooky ghost on it. <laughs> here's a pedal that, in years to come, will no doubt be worth nearly nowhere near two million dollars. Um, <laughs> the KHDK Electronics Ghoul Screamer Kurdic. The Kurdic. You know what I love. A- do you know what I love is that he reviews it on his own website <laughs> I love it I get such a balance of tone it's like well yeah you sort of designed it so um, do you want to, um, it'd be do you pretty want to, bad if you went ah oh, don't like it do you want to fill us in on the story there Matt do you want to tell us who KHDK Electronics are fill us yeah, in Matt so, <laughs> so it's a company started by uh, Kirk Hammett and some other guy who was named DK? I can't remember oh, oh David Caron that's it um, That's my like, dad and mum's name. It's <laughs> 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 Kirk Hammett and Mark's parents. <laughs> Kirk Hammett and Mark's parents have, uh, have collaborated in designing what can only be described as Metallica's sound in a box. 
Um, <sighs> didn't realise they were such big fans, Mark. Oh no, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So, um, do we know what pedal it's based on? Uh, no, I think it's Just call effectively you like yeah. a, a sort of. It does it does everything from sort of really clean to really overdriven. So I think it's a circuit of sort of their own design. Okay. Um, but it's more of an overdrive rather than like a metal distortion. Because but is it kind of like a preamp it. sort of thing rather than? Is it quite comprehensive in controls and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of control on it, and I would really like to try one out before I kind of said exactly <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, but you've got all these little dip switches on it for different compression. Uh, bass and um, and highs and then it's just like a standard uh, drive tone and volume so I think it's going to do everywhere from sort of like <clears throat> just pushing the front of your, end of your amp to kind of a standalone sort of high gain distortion I um, uh, I didn't see any videos or any like audio sample or anything like that yet so I wonder whether it's still like prototype at the moment. Quite possibly, I mean I, I just I thought I'd just quickly pop onto their website and there's also two other pedals I think they're talking about which is a clean boost um and an overdrive as well. Okay. Um, that so was they're obviously doing like a whole range of, of these that he's using on his pedal board at the moment. That we'll see more of this. Now that these people have got a chance to sell directly to the public, like I'd imagine we'll see quite a few signatures. Uh, like Zach Wilde obviously did his own range of guitars. I think Kurt Hammett is doing some guitars as well as these pedals. Um, Marcus Miller's got his own range of bass. Marcus Miller's got his own range. We'll see more of this. Now people can just sell stuff through their website, you know. I don't think yeah. Ghoul Screamer is a very good name. Ghoul Screamer is a terrible name. They should have called it the Puppet Master. That would have been very good. Or the Lightning Rider. That would also have been very good. Or the... Are you out of albums? Ag... Saint. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the Reloader. The Reloader is very good. Like, Metallica got some good album names. They, um... Lightning Rider. Imagine a pedal called the Lightning Rider. That's a wicked name for a pedal. They missed... Whereas they've made the Ghoul Screamer. <laughs> they, made, they missed a very excellent opportunity uh, earlier, um, like a few weeks ago, where they released their own beer, and I suggested they should have done their own cider and called it Ride the White Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they should just come to us if they need anything naming. We got right the white. You know where to find us, Kirk. Um, Shall we have a little break and we'll come back and we'll do some questions? Oh yes, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, break. Are you unsuccessful and with few friends? Impress passers-by with the all-new Guitar Nerds T-shirt. Head over to guitarnerds.net forward slash shop and buy yourself one of the all-new official Guitar Nerds t-shirt. Nerds! Okay, first question this week comes from Alistair who says, Guys, I need some advice. I suffer really badly from sticky nuts and need you to help me lubricate them. I'm really fed up with my G-string sticking and whatever I try wears off after a few days. Seriously though, all my guitars suffer from the same and it's especially bad on the G, so I must be doing something wrong. What do you use to ease the friction? J-Cross. Um, I would presume that Alistair is probably using a guitar that's um, that's like three-a-side, like yep. three-machine-a-side. You do tend to find that when you're using a three-a-side guitar, the G will 
tend to suffer more you'll probably find that it's out of tune a bit more than the other strings anyway simply because it's got that much further to go than the other strings and because it's a plain string rather than a wound string there's a little i mean i don't really understand the mechanics of it but that's what i've always experienced is that that tends to go and therefore you'll you'll probably find that there's just a little bit more tension on that and that's why it's you know it's it's snapping um if you use there's a product called big ben's nut sauce um, which is um, a nut lubricant that you just you'll buy a, a little um, like you can get it in a, in a dispenser that looks a bit like a syringe and it's probably like a tenner and it will probably last you 20 years um, it will last so long and you just use a really tiny amount and uh, yeah it just uses it's, it's a, nut, a nut lubricant um, that just that just like really really works it's, it's really really good um, the other thing to try is um, just try and keep keep the guitar try and keep the guitar clean. It, you know, as as boring and as patronising as that sounds. Um, you know, when you finish playing, use some fast fret, um, and and that might help. Um, if the problem is really bad, it might be worth getting the nut recut, um, just because you may find that there's you know perhaps it's a bit sharp in there. And it just, um, you know, possibly you need a new nut. Otherwise, it's difficult. I mean, that, that especially the G, especially if it's a three aside. If it's not a three aside, then maybe there's something a little bit more dodgy going on. Maybe you should try changing the nut anyway. But I'd definitely start with some Big Ben's nut sauce. I think that's a, that's a really, really good product. Yeah, I would I say think, that. Um, I'll go on that. I was going to say, Jay actually made a good point. A lot of the time, if it if it's sticking and then like pinging. Um, out of tune it's probably because I would imagine he's probably put heavier strings on it and although they feel like they're sitting in the nut they might they might be too tight and then yeah. getting the nut recut just means they move better with um, like in the nut itself and it'll stop them sticking so it could be that yeah you've put 10s on it when the guitar's normally set up for 9s or 11s when it's normally set up for 10s um, and that can cause a bit of an issue one thing to try like if you're not sure if that is the problem and you don't quite want to spend on the nut source you could get like a graphite pencil um, and yeah. like run that up and down in the nut slot. Um, that tends to work, not for very long, but it might prove whether you need like uh, you <laughs> might need to like recut the nut. Yeah, I'm not always sure about the using that in the the nut slot. I'd probably use it in. Can the... we stop saying nut <laughs> slot, please? <laughs> I'd probably use it in the uh, in the bridge. Maybe graph. I'm not sure if graphite on the nut. Maybe graphite on on metal, like down on the bridge. No, I've I've used it on the nut. Have you? Yeah, right in the nut slot. Okay, great. <laughs> Adam says, right, "Which it's witchy Joe Branton there." <laughs> cackling from the back of the sofa. Yeah. Um, Adam says, "Would disconnecting a single speaker in an AC30 cause any damage?" Thinking of ways to make it a little quieter for home use without having to fork out for an attenuator. Matt Knight. Do you know what? I've I've never been asked this question and I honestly not sure if I have the right answer because I would have thought that if you'd have, it's probably hard I'm assuming it's hardwired into the circuit so there's actually no way you can disconnect the speaker. Well, I mean you can if you open it up, but I also don't think it'll make any difference. No, 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 no you'll no. just be running the full load through one speaker. Yeah, 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 it won't make any noticeable difference. That's not least. actually true because it would you'd half the uh, the impedance would change, so it would be drawing less from the amp. Yeah. But 
I also don't think it would make any difference yeah, I mean, because I, I still think it would be a bloody loud amp. Because, I mean, if you get, for example, I, I'm perhaps a, a better example to, to discuss this is if you, rather than talk about an AC30, if you were to line up an AC15 and an AC15C2, which is the twin speaker AC15, side by side, you're not going to notice that the AC15C2 is like remarkably louder. You may find that it it will probably, I guess, maybe feel a bit louder because of the, the sound is spread a little bit um, more efficiently, but um, it won't make a huge amount of difference to the volume. I would say mm. that your your two options kind of are t- turned down and, you know, just sort of deal with the fact that it's a, um, uh, that it doesn't sound as good at home or get an attenuator. Um, but that said, even going with the attenuator into an AC30, I think it's difficult because it's um, the attenuator um, goes in between the head and the head unit and the speakers. Yeah. And you kind of need, uh, unless there's, um, it depends which which AC30 is, Mum. What about the um, what about the Vox amp plug? <laughs> Just get an amp plug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, if it's for home use. Well, that's. I mean, the other thing about an AC30 sounding alternative that is suitable for home use. Why not go straight to Vox? And well, they're not a lot of money. I mean, yeah, the other, they're not. They're not great. great. I mean, they're okay. I mean, they're they're great at what they do. But I would say that if he's got an AC30, I mean, the the other option is you know maybe downscale slightly and go for a 15 or something. Or like the that. AC, oh. AC4. AC4. Best but amp out the there. the other. Oh no, that's the next question. So the next question kind of ties into this well, to a certain degree. Okay, well let's let's do the next question and just can... tie just tie them in together. Yeah, I, so I actually, Matt, yeah. Matt says I'm an AC30 and Telecaster player, but the Vox is really starting to ruin my back. Any recommendations for a lightweight one by twelve combo? I really like my AC30, but wouldn't mind a bit more headroom. See, now I, I actually read those two questions and thought they were the same question, so I, I apologise for just skipping ahead. But the um, I think that you're kind of asking, to a certain degree, you're asking two separate questions there, uh, or at least you're asking two conflicting questions. If you like the sound of the AC30, but it's ruining your back, then you need to go for something smaller. But if you want more headroom, you kind of need to get something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm not sure that one, just one amp will do that. Certainly not just one um, valve amp. Uh, If you want something lighter, that's going to give you more headroom, maybe have a look at, like, for example, the Orange Crush Pro 60. Yeah. Um, you know, solid state, 60 watt. I think that will that will certainly... And, you know, it's, it's difficult as to whether or not it sounds as good as a valve amp. I think they sound damn close. I think they sound really, really damn close. And, and especially recorded or at low levels, I think it will be great. Otherwise, if you want to stick with something that's that's full valve, the AC4 get the AC4, um, but the the twelve inch speaker one because they do yeah, a, they, um, they do a ten inch as well. I was going to say because they also do an AC10. They do an AC10. I think the AC10 kind of sits in a in a slightly different. Uh, I, it's slightly to an aside. I don't think it's an alternative to to one or the other. I think it's a different amp. The reason for that is that it's it's a 10-inch speaker as opposed to a 12-inch speaker, which I think mm. with those sort of combos makes a huge difference because those, uh, especially Vox, are all about the mid-range. Yeah. And I think when you go to a 10-inch speaker, it just it's just a little lacking. I think Fenders can get away with it, you know, like a Deluxe or whatever I think is, is or Princeton I think is fine with a 10-inch speaker because it's more about the top end. But I think Voxes can kind of sound a little bit lacking with, the, with, with a 10-inch speaker. 
also with the AC10, it's a digital reverb, which again, I think is maybe a little bit lacking. That said, I think they're a great amp. Like a re- I really like the AC10. I just, it isn't an alternative to an AC30 because it doesn't sound the same. No. What about going for a um, a Vox Night Train, the 50 watt Night Train, and then getting a lightweight cab of some form? They don't really sound they particularly don't. voxy. No. Well, they've gone for basically a similar voicing, I guess, to the Messer. Boogie Transatlantic. Yeah. Um, which initially were based off voxes. You know, that's why. Yeah, they've which gone is really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they've, they're much more of a modern sound, I think, particularly when you start to drive them. Like the, they don't sound, they don't have that kind of house Vox sound. No. You know? um, so they're, but they're, I mean, that would certainly save your back a little bit. Like, and the the one twelve they do for that is really light as well. Um, kind of depends on what you're using the amp for. Like the clean sounds, you could probably get away with if you like Vox type sounds. But driving a night train, it's much more of a kind of American hybrid type yeah. sound, I think. Um, yeah, a bit of a funny amp, the Night Train. They're, they've lasted longer than I thought they would do, considering yeah. they're not particularly voxy. So um, some people must be really into them. So. But yeah, I mean, I, I, for Adam, I definitely would, I cannot recommend highly enough not disconnecting a speaker from your AC30. Yeah, please do not um, do that. I definitely I'm don't do sure that. I'm pretty sure it's actually impossible on an AC30. Oh, well, I mean, it's not impossible. You just need to get it rewired, which yeah, is just a, a I mean, pain in the ass. It's not just, just a quick thing of, like, unplugging your speaker. No, so no, 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 no. not worth the 70 quid that a tech's going to charge you for the hassle of... Yeah. I mean, either get the attenuator or, to be honest, though, the thing is, is for the price of a decent attenuator, you could probably buy a small valve amp. Yeah, which is we yeah. or, or a AC4. decent or a decent transistor amp, which is what I would recommend doing. You know, yeah. for homies, as I say, I mean, I really like the little black stars. Um, you know, the the ten the ten watt black star and the, or the or the the twenty watt black star. I think they're great for home use, and you know, you're not going to be able to. This is the exact scenario that I'm in, in that I can't I can't turn my AC thirty up, and also it weighs a ton. You know, I, I'm. As I was talking about it earlier on, I sort of felt like a bit of a donut because I've been complaining that I can't turn my AC30 up and then I had the opportunity to use it and turn it up and I didn't want to carry it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's sort of catch-22. Yeah. And um, it's... It, I reckon for, for home use, a decent transistor amp is great because you can get proper, proper cool sounds out of it. Um you don't have to Easy. worry about driving it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Classic so. thing. Let's do one more question. Um, Dean says, so a few, a few of you guys have tried slash bought orange OB1s. All I keep hearing about is the drive channel. How do the clean sound? Joe Branton. I don't use the drive channel. Okay. Um, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I know you really did, Jay. I did like it. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, and I expected to. And I, I um, because I, I have like three stages of drive on my pedal board, I figured I'd probably be using... Only, only just a little bit because I yeah. had a relative amount of gain in my sound and I thought I'd you know I'd, I'd have it in there just to thicken it up a little bit but it doesn't thicken it up at all if anything it makes it sound thinner and more mid really? concentrated well, I, I, th- I certainly thought right, so okay. as a bass player who plays with a lot of bass in my sound yeah. as opposed to treble I thought it was um, it was a great drive tone for punk players and outside of that not a good drive tone. But, Not a good drive tone for rock players. Right, okay. See, I also use three drive pedals. Um, <laughs> and I... But granted, I didn't get a huge amount of time to sort of play around with it. I borrowed your one for that one practice. Yeah. 
and I got to the practice late and so I just had to turn it up and be like oh yeah that sounds I mean that sounds really good yeah fine, I use that and then I used it for a gig and just used the same settings <coughs> yeah. and then when I did but when I, when I then the next one I, the next time I used it I used the 300 rather, rather than your 500 and um yeah, I mean, I thought it sounded great, but that said, I didn't get a huge amount of time to spend no. that much. You know, I, I didn't play around with it too much. I just sort of plugged it in and was like, oh yeah, so that sounds great. That sounds. Great. I've got all three drive pedals on. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah. um, and I definitely was using the game. I like. I, I don't think I had it very high. No. Um, I think I just had it. You know, it just the game was made. I guess maybe only at like nine o'clock or something. Um, one of the things I was actually interested to try out, one of the things, I, I can't remember, that, is Aid? It's Aid, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah Aid one, one of the things Aid was demonstrating in some of his video demos for the OB1 was turning off the game, but turning the blend on full. Okay. Uh, so that you were sort of... So bringing in the drive channel, but not having the drive channel up. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, again, I thought that would be really for me. I thought that would be, like, just give you a really sort of classic vibey. Yeah. Sound, but again, I just found everything um, a little bit too compressed, maybe um, on on that. And so I have to say, from my perspective, in answer China to the question, I love the cleans on it. They're not. I mean, you don't buy an orange for clean. I think I, we, that needs to be pointed out. If you want cleans, you know, buy buy Mark Mark base like. Definitely do buy Mark Base um, because my little Mark One they're awful, sounded but, um, absolutely bloody amazing. Worst amps in history. It, but it, it did if, sound um, really good. They're not that they're really good. No, they're terrible. But um, <laughs> uh, but you know if if you want if you want sort of a slight, it very much has that orange sound. It's it's got a lot of mids in it, and it's it's a bit you know if you play active bass, that's the it's the last amp you want. And if you play in sort of like metal bands or funk bands or anything that could border on those, it's the last amp you want. But if you're playing sort of loud rock music, then it's a great clean. It's the sort of clean that would work really well with, you know, like an, a Gibson EB bass, like a Jack Bruce type tone or yeah. with, you know, or a John Paul Jonesy type tone. It's that sort of classic sounding bass amp. It's like what Ampeg always was. It gave that little bit of vibe to uh to a bass player sound and it's, it it does exactly that so yeah the cleans are great if you accept that they're not proper cleans they're sort of honky cleans sure sure soupy cleans good stuff um well uh thanks for everyone for submitting your questions um facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum uh, is where you can do so um we're going to be carrying some questions over to the patreon episode we're going to be talking about Guitars that you wish you hadn't sold. No. Guitars that you wish you hadn't bought. Mm, and guitars okay. that you wish you had bought. Oh, man. This is awful. This is cool. Moses. It's, it's going to be a heartbreaker, Ugh. a tearjerker, a knee slapper of a Patreon episode this week. Um, Let's go slap and jerk on the Patreon. Indeed. Um, if you want to um, if you want to join us on the Patreon episode, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, um, where for as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week. For $10 a month, um, you will become one of our executive producers. Uh, I saw someone else had just signed up to it today um, and they didn't get on this email in time, so they'll be included next week in the list, um, which means I think we've only got six executive producer slots left um, which grants you all of the bonuses from the $5 tier plus you get your name read on the podcast every week just like these lovely lovely people (coughs) Paul Carrigan
Dale Rasco, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Phil Thompson, Moo Gravit, Colin Anderson. Yeah, another reason for us not to film these, because your face then was absolutely terrifying. Was it? You look like an aroused fish. <laughs> your hair looks good, though. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, if you want to uh, join in, like I said, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, uh, or you can uh, go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds. You can follow me personally at Mark underscore Random, where you'll get wrestling and football chat. Uh, go over and follow Matt at Matt underscore Nightsy for vintage pedals uh, and uh, Super Mario Maker. Um, follow Jay at J-A-Y-B-N-1 for all your punk rock needs, plus Tottenham Hotspur love. Uh, and uh, at Joseph underscore 900, where Joe will post things about his own band. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, we maybe see you on the Patreon. If not, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Oh, bye bye. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.